Good morning and welcome back. Are you ready for the yuck factor? We'll find out. This is Tommy Ray. Welcome to episode six of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. Keep listening. In earlier episode, we've discussed how water rights got started in the mountains, carried out onto the plains, have been used by farmers and cities, and that everyone wants, needs more. Now, let's talk about the Platte River. The Platte River is the largest river on the Front Range. It's a beautiful river upstream of Denver. I think this is where Dwight Eisenhower used to go fly fishing when he was president. But from Denver downstream to the Nebraska state line, it's not a river. It's a man-controlled ditch. Man has dammed it many times to divert water out onto what was at one time a high, dry prairie. Fish do not live throughout this man-controlled ditch. There are too many places where the Platte River, it should be called the Platte Ditch, is completely dried up, and there are no fish ladders around these dry-up points. The most important thing I want you to know is that the Platte is essentially all sewage return flows north of Denver and on downstream. I really want you to see something for yourselves. It's the Denver Metropolitan Wastewater Treatment Plant. You won't believe the difference in the river upstream and downstream at this point. Take a little road trip. It's easy to get to. Take I-25 to 58th Avenue. Go east to Washington. Go north on Washington to 64th Avenue. Turn east. That's to the right for all of you directionally impaired. And go about a mile or maybe a mile and a half. 64th Avenue dead ends at the Platte River. There is a small park next to the Platte with a hike and bike trail along the west side of the Platte. Park your car there and walk upstream about 500 feet. Across the Platte is the Denver Metropolitan Wastewater Treatment Plant. You can see the treated wastewater from the treatment plant coming back into the plant. It looks like a large waterfall. Then keep walking upstream so you can see the flow of water in the Platte. It is a trickle compared to the waterfall coming out of the treatment plant. If you can't go in person, go to our website, nowater.com, K-N-O-W-water.com, and look at the two pictures I took upstream and downstream at this point on the Platte. These are figures two and three on the photo gallery of the website. The Platte appears to be 99% wastewater return flows from here north. So what? Yuck. That means that any water taken out of the Platte or nearby shallow wells is sewage return. Yuck again. Farmers know this. Farmers are careful to wear rubber boots and rubber gloves when wading through their irrigated fields. Hey, this is the main reason Thornton went north to buy good, clean mountain water. Cities know that the Platte is sewage return flows. Ask Aurora. During the drought of 2002 and 2003, Aurora dang near ran out of water. 
but they knew they owned a lot of water that went through the wastewater treatment plant and was going on downstream. We'll talk about how much of the water coming out of the wastewater plant is owned by the participating cities upstream in a few minutes. For now, just know that a lot of the water in the wastewater effluent belonged to Aurora. So Aurora came up with a plan in 2003. Let's pick up our water coming out of the Metropolitan Wastewater Treatment Plant. We own 10,000 acre feet of it. We can send it back to a potable water treatment plant in Aurora. So Aurora set out to build its Prairie Waters project. Prairie Waters takes its water out of a series of shallow water wells along the west bank of the Platte, just west of Brighton. It is about 10 miles downstream of the Denver Metropolitan Wastewater Plant. By now, you've seen pictures of the before and after shots on NoWater.com. So you know the water in the Platte anywhere downstream is wastewater return flows. Clearly, Aurora is sucking wastewater return flows into its shallow wells and using this as a source water for its potable water treatment plant. This is then used as drinking water for the citizens of Aurora and many of the participants in the WISE project. Yuck. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with treating wastewater and using it in cities. In fact, 25 Colorado cities, including Denver, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, and Louisville, operate recycled water facilities, according to the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. But that water is used primarily to water parks, golf courses, and to help cool power plants, among other non-potable or non-drinkable uses. I'd just like to see a little more, quote, truth in advertising by Aurora. You ask any representative Aurora, they will say, it's not sewage return flows, it's river water. Of course it is. Whatever you need to tell yourself. Take a look at the before and after shots of the Denver Metro Wastewater Plant and you decide. We are lucky to live at the headwaters of the snow melt. There are no large cities above us pumping treated wastewater into our streams that we use as input into our drinking water plants. We are on top of the wastewater watershed. Just think of all the cities downstream that are pumping groundwater for their supplies. I don't know. Some may be taking water directly out of the Platte or out of the Missouri but they all have wastewater in them somewhere along the way. And just think of New Orleans. It's at the bottom of the system. And I laugh because the AWWA, the American Water Works Association, has an annual taste test of the best tasting potable water in municipalities. About 10 years ago, New Orleans took first place. So, I guess a little yuck is not too bad. Let's go back to the Prairie Waters Project. 
there are two things we should discuss. First, this was or is a major project, and I want to describe it so you will understand the size of the project. And then we are going to discuss why Aurora, quote, owns water out of the sewage treatment plant. And we will discuss the impact that the Prairie Waters Project will have on downstream users. The following minute or so is from Aurora's own information. Prairie Waters is an innovative potable reuse system that uses a sustainable water source by recapturing river water as a cornerstone of a water supply plan that will help meet much of Aurora's needs for decades. Note how they carefully said it is recapturing river water. You be the judge of that. The water is pumped from 17 wells located within the confines of the South Platte River Banks and piped to the Aquifer Recharge and Recovery Basin, where it is first, quote, naturally purified by allowing it to flow through sand and gravel. Well, at least that gets rid of some of the yuck. Then the water is sent by pipe 30 miles to a 50 million gallon a day water purification plant. I think this is a standard water treatment plant and then sent to Aurora citizens. Again, I see nothing wrong with this. It just reeks of not being fully truthful. This project increased Aurora's capacity by 20%. Okay, a few more details, and then we'll talk about why Aurora didn't have to purchase water for this project, as you might have guessed. Construction work on the project began in 2006. It was completed in October 2010 with an investment of $653 million. Aurora was super careful to avoid federal involvement so no EIS would be required. They even tunneled under the South Platte River so as to not touch any navigable waterway. If Aurora had to buy this water at a then market price of about 30000 an acre foot, it would have added about $300 million to the project. They would have had to dry up about 10,000 acres of irrigated ground to get this much water through Watercourt. It seems to me that no one has yet considered the impact this removal of sewage return flows will have on downstream users. Since they took out 10,000 acre feet of water from the river, there are now 10,000 acres less that can be irrigated. You remember that we said it takes about one acre foot of consumptive use water for every acre irrigated. Has anyone been watching? Does anyone care? What am I talking about? Well, more than 60 years ago, Denver, Aurora, and Colorado Springs began acquiring Western Slope water. At that time, there wasn't as much growth up near the Continental Divide on the west side of the divide, so the cities on the West Slope had not been actively acquiring water rights. Well, the Front Range cities were. 
Aurora and Colorado Springs had claimed about 70,000 acre-feet of water and subsequently built the Homestake Project in 1968 to take about 40,000 acre-feet of its 70,000 acre-feet to the eastern side of the mountains. That water is taken out of the Arkansas River drainage. The Oterra pumping plant south of Leadville pumps the water over the mountains to get it to the front range. It is a large pipe. I think it's 66 inches in diameter. You can see the pipe snaking over the mountains from the highway about 20 miles south of Leadville. Okay, remember the numbers here because they will gel with you in a few minutes. Let's suppose Aurora, Colorado Springs did a 50-50 split. Since Aurora gets 20,000 acre feet of the 40,000, and it comes to Aurora, that is 20,000 acre-feet of new water introduced to the Platte River drainage. Colorado Springs water, of course, went southeast. I think, but not sure, that Colorado Springs portion of the water is actually piped all the way to Colorado Springs. We are going to estimate how much water coming out of the Metropolitan Wastewater Treatment Plant is, quote, new water. So now we have to talk about Denver's contribution to, quote, new water in the plant. Hold with me for a few minutes more. Denver's main water storage facility is Dillon Reservoir. I did a quick history search on Dillon Reservoir on Wikipedia. The idea to dam the Blue River at the town of Dillon and divert the water to Denver originated in the early 1900s. Denver Water acquired most of the land needed for the reservoir for the price of back taxes during the Great Depression when many Dillon residents were unable to pay property taxes. By then, the Denver Water Board had already acquired most of the water rights in the valley. Dam construction began in 1961 and was completed in 1963. The dam diverts water from the Blue River Basin through the 23-mile Roberts Tunnel under the Continental Divide into the South Platte River Basin. You can see the exit end of this tunnel along Highway 285 when traveling west past Bailey. It is about one mile past Grant. Tunneling began in 1942, and the tunnel was completed in 1962. Denver brings over 60 to 100,000 acre feet of water annually from Dillon. This too is newly introduced water to the South Platte River Basin. For easy math, let's call it 80,000 acre feet. So over the past 50 years or so, the Platte upstream of Denver has benefited by about 100,000 acre feet, 80,000 from Denver, and 20,000 from Aurora. According to Colorado water law, this new water can be fully consumed by the owners since it is water that downstream users did not previously have access to. The water community says that newly introduced water can be, quote, used to extinction. That means the cities can pick up any return flows due to the newly introduced water 
and use that water for any purpose. It is fully consumable, and it's owned by the cities that brought it over. They can use it to extinction, that is, until it is all gone. And you may remember that cities consume about half the water they use. The rest returns to the river through the wastewater treatment plant. Cities that own fully consumable water can sell any portion of their fully consumable water that they want to. They can do anything with that water. They could send it to the moon if they wanted, but usually they sell the excess sewage return flows or pick it up themselves and reuse it somewhere in their system, like to water parks. Downstream has benefited by about 50,000 acre-feet, half the new water. Since Denver and Aurora consume about half the water used by their residents, mainly from lawn irrigation, 50,000 acre-feet has been returning to the plant through the Metropolitan Sewer Plant. For 50 years now, farmers and other downstream diverters have been using this extra 50,000 acre-feet of water. What happens when Denver and Aurora begin taking their water out of the sewage return system? Aurora has started the process. Oh, those downstream users will begin to notice the difference, but I'm not sure how fast it will happen, but it will happen. So for 50 plus years, downstream users essentially have had access to and use of 50,000 acre feet of water that wasn't previously in the river. Farmers have benefited. Well, guess what? Denver and Aurora own that 50,000 acre feet. And in the Prairie Waters Project, Aurora has started taking its half of the 20,000 acre feet it still owns coming out of the sewer plant. It is perfectly legal for Aurora to retrieve that water that farmers and others have been using for a long time now. Wow, it won't be long before Denver will sell or retrieve its 40,000 acre feet coming out of the sewer plant. Gee, that's a lot like someone drying up 50,000 acres of irrigated farm ground. Should this be defined as buy and dry? That's essentially what it is. So Thornton has been the punching bag for activists opposed to buy and dry. Shoot, Aurora alone with its Prairie Waters Project has accomplished a 10,000 irrigated acres buy and dry without a word being said. As they say, just saying. Well, we beat this horse as far as it's going to go. But before we leave the Metropolitan Sewer Plant, let's think about how much water flows through the treatment plant. I'll later research this and give you the exact number. I think the entire Denver metropolitan area uses, not consumes now, about 500,000 acre-feet per year. Using the 50% rule, we'll guess that 250,000 acre-feet exits the wastewater plant each year. How much water is this? Well, take a look at Dillon Reservoir. It has a capacity of about 250,000 acre-feet. 
So just think about all that water being dumped in the Platte downstream of Denver. I know it's hard to envision how much water that is, but it's the best comparison I have. Let's stop this episode. My purpose in this podcast is to tell you what I know about water. I just see some things that I question, and I want to point them out. I'll do my best to present accurate numbers as I know them. I truly hope that some listeners can offer corrections. As I stated at the start of this podcast series, I just want to get pretty close to accurate. Even with a heck of a lot of research, any number I quote will be questioned by some. But I want feedback. Tell me what you think. You can reach me at tommy at nowater.com. K-N-O-W hyphen water.com. Still lots to talk about in future episodes. But as always, let's calm down by listening to the sound of a small mountain stream. See you next time.